Are you ready for some football? We are back. <laughs> the Rest Strategies Football Podcast with Nick DeLue. Yes. Football, football, football. Uh, what is Baker Mayfield having for Thanksgiving dinner? This is what we're going to talk about today, right? Right. He'll be eating the fans' resentment. Yeah. Gorging himself on their tears. Just kidding. If you're all still listening, we're not going to be talking about football, but we talked a lot That's, about football last time. We barely talked about football <laughs> last time. It was a footnote at the end of the podcast. We, we cornered the market on interesting topics and talking about redistricting and the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and comic books. I, I, w- I would want I would say that we broke records, but I was too afraid to look at the click count of, of, <laughs> of the podcast. I feel so beaten down. Anyway. Uh, this is Matt Rush of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, the Rush Strategies team. This is our Thanksgiving episode, and my good friend, best friend from high school, college, and, and still today, lobbyist uh, from Capital Services, Mr. Ben Vodkin, is our guest. Two Bens in a row, two weeks, two podcasts, two Bens in a row. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got it. So your- what do you want to do now? Was why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put get Kurt put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's Thanksgiving time. Yes. It's my favorite holiday. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. Is it the food or is it the traditions? It's the it's the food. It's the it's the chill. It's just the, it's the it's, no. It's the, it's the, the there's nothing. nothing no drama. Not much. Not much drama associated with it. Although I do have to carve the turkey this year, which always brings drama. But there is drama associated. So there's that. Um, anyway, this is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies uh, PR firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. We are. Well, I just said what we are. We are a public affairs, a public relations firm, and uh, I should. I'm realizing I don't have my notes. I'm going all by memory this time. You can find our podcast at reststrategies.com. All of our podcasts are there. You can also listen to Spotify, on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at reststrategies, and uh, at Cold Oatmeal Pod. Uh, Check check that out. There's actually, I think there might might be a tweet on at Cold Oatmeal Pod that's appropriate to this conversation today. Anyway, Joe rolled his eyes. <laughs> I, I noticed that from across the room. Joe, did you vote in the poll? I did. There you go. You're one of the two wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> in the room we have, looking over there, blue shirt, oh, football uh, boy. Nick, <laughs> Nick DeLue is here. I'm going to try to say it like you guys say it. Anna Heaton. There you go. There you go. Not very hard. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bashy. Uh, not everyone else is gone. Everyone else is gone. Everyone else is at, is at home doing other things, under the weather, taking care of kids. But Steph, 
Nikki, Laura, Carly are all are, are not with us for this Thanksgiving. They are, they're prepping for the, the the big day. But we they're are lost. here. Yes. So been thinking about having this guy on for a long time. Um, ben Bodkin is a lobbyist at Capital Services, a multi-client firm here in Lansing. He is also my longest, probably my longest friend. I mean, there are people I've known longer, but I'm not sure that I have someone who is a, I've had a, as a friend longer. He and I met in sophomore biology class in high school and then ended up going to college together. He, he uh, tagged along on my college visit and decided he liked it. And so he went to, we went to college, we were roommates. Uh, then we happened to uh, be best men in each other's weddings. And then as coincidence happens, we are both living our our wonder years in the lovely Lansing, <laughs> Did you guys Michigan. live together at all when you were like young and working in Lansing? Was that? No, because I, I got a job in Lansing before Ben okay. did. Um, and we were both engaged. Um, and so we did not... Um, we did not. He had an apartment. We both had our own. I had an apartment by myself, and Ben had a couple of roommates that, that he lived with when he first moved up here. He's, he doesn't tell this story, but it's funny. The, the first, and I, I should have asked him about it, the first job he had um, out of college was for former Congressman Nick Smith, um, who was down there in southern Michigan, notorious for being cheap. Um, and I, he was, he had, he was, I think Ben was like the campaign coordinator for his reelection campaign oh. and the headquarters were in Jack in Jackson. And, um, Nick had a friend who had an abandoned storefront <clears throat> that was like gutted and it was like, and it, and it was, for, he was going to give it to him for free. Like you can just use this as your, your campaign headquarters. And so it had a card table with a phone on it. And a cot in the back, and uh, like a curtain. And Ben lived in this this b- bombed out <laughs> storefront with a with like it was like an old rotary phone on a card table with a bed in the back, and that was his first job. That's campaign. It was campaign it was awful. Stuff, so yeah. <clears throat> we we saved him. We were able to find a job, uh, which he will talk tell you about <laughs> here in, in a minute, um, which may have been better or not. So yeah. That's it. My, my good buddy Ben is going to be on the podcast. What do you think, Joe? I'm excited. It's a good one. It's a good Thanksgiving conversation. It's uh, Ben Bodkin. Ben Bodkin, welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is when you talk. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Clearly prepared. I, I have to say, you've after like Peter Riddell, no one has begged to be on this podcast more than you. So it's it's a. Uh, we're glad that on this Thanksgiving edition that we could deliver some holiday cheer to you and, and, and have you on. So I, I figured I, I owed you since you've asked me now three times. <laughs> so I, you hasn't make, he canceled on you three times? I, uh, he's canceled on me once. You, okay. ma- you make a really great. Canceled on me once. Let's ask, and if someone better comes along, we can cancel. <laughs> right. Guest. Just. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was also that kind of date for date parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember ben, that. About ben will go. <laughs> then someone better comes along with it. He'll understand. He'll be fine. Yeah, we tried to get a guy who sells frogs, but he was too busy. He was too busy because it's the holiday week, and so we were like, we we're like, I know. I'll call. I'll call Benno. I'll get him on here. He's he's coming next time. He is. We, we're gonna crossed. get. We're gonna, what's his Josh? We're gonna get Josh. Josh's frog guy. Maybe. Here. I mean, maybe he'll still come in, and then I can just it'll be fine. 
He he's walk he's going. Anywhere. He's traveling. Yeah. <laughs> doors, op- doors open. <laughs> apparently, apparently Thanksgiving week is a very busy week for in the, in the, the frog Actually, it's sales. it's a short week at the school, and his wife's a teacher, oh. so they're traveling this week okay. to see family. Okay. You know way too much about his life. We, we used to go to church together. I see him at basketball practice. Our kids. Go you better to... be coming now that we're talking about. I it know, Josh, <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh Willard from Josh's Frogs. You're you're due. Okay, well, but Ben's here now. Yep. So thank goodness. It's this nice is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, um, <laughs> we're just talking about other podcast guests in front right. of him. <laughs> so who else could we have that's better than Ben? <laughs> If you have if you have suggestions of who's better than Ben, text us. At, um, <laughs> no, so as as I said in the in the intro, Ben and I go back a long a long time. My my oldest my oldest friend we were fifteen, right? Fifteen when we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are. We're still in Lansing. Sophomores in high school. Yeah. You're still. You say you're still in Lansing, like you were in Lansing when you were fifteen. No, I did. That was, I misspoke. We are currently in Lansing. We've both. We're both from Fort Wayne and both went to college together and then ended up coincidentally in Lansing doing kind of the same job. Did you did one of you bring the other to Lansing or this happened organically? You just both naturally. Matt's been following me around most of of both of our lives. This is where we have to put the like like inaccurate content label on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was destiny. So we were brought together by coincidence in sophomore biology class because of the alphabet and the alphabet the teacher put put paired up people at their their lab desks based on their where they appeared in the alphabet and we didn't know each other before then but we got paired up for sophomore biology proceeded to beat him in fair and square in in a contest of who could get the best grade in biology he's still bitter about it I've heard about this, and I think it's total bullshit. I'm t- completely on Such your side. Such BS, yeah, it's, total it's BS. Garbage. See, I'll just set the record straight. This is what happened. I had the better grade going into the end of class, right? And Matt proceeds to go and request, not not do available extra credit, not available extra credit, request extra credit, special extra credit. I wanted to better myself. Of the teacher. So that he could end up with a better grade than me. What were the I, stakes? I think that's out. I think that's out of bounds. Just well, out of bounds. Do you remember what? First of all, you're wrong. What do you remember <laughs> about <laughs> about? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Joe loves it. What, I don't, what was? I don't remember what we bet. Do you? I, I'm sure it was just to see who could get the better. It was grade. probably just a gentleman's bet, and you weren't a gentleman. You, it's yeah. What are you talking about? No, it's like we're. This is the class. This is the rubric. This is the set of assignments. I will do better than you on this, and you have to be that kid. That who wasn't like, what it was. Thank you. So that wasn't much. what it was. It was what was. <laughs> I think this is more the Kobayashi Maru, and and Matt found a way around the system. I give him credit. It no, wasn't, it was fully within the as system. as did his teacher. Anyway, yeah, you're wrong. I, we put it on. Someone put it on Twitter. We put a, a poll out. Um, oh, did you? Now? Yes. Okay. Someone. Someone. I. I uh, we don't know I'm who not manages on Twitter, the Twitter account. Well, that's why I. I that's why I put it that's on. Exactly Twitter. why you put it. On. You're because gaming the system I, again. Because I knew <laughs> that you wouldn't be able to vote. <laughs> like this is perfect. <laughs> so, just so you know, I'm right. Eighty to eighty twenty. Well, we, the we internet's had, full of idiots. We so. had ten votes, and eight people said <laughs> right. I was right. And you're a 
PR guy who does leading questions, right? So there's that. Again, it comes back to my strategy <laughs> and my ability to get about a grade. Thirty years later, we're still, we've, we're still, you're still bitter. So, but now you're a lobbyist in town. What you you worked for, uh, Mick Middaw, legendary Mick Middaw, legendary. Do you have any Mick Middaw stories? Not that I can tell. Um, no, Mick Middaw. Tell, was... Can you tell a story about the hole? The hole. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can. Yeah, I can do that. So. Um, so Mick Sounds Middaw like precisely the kind of story he was tell. here <laughs> was here for 16 years. Uh, his last year was when term limits took effect in 1998. So I had the um, I, I was really I had the gift of working for him for his last year here was when I started in 1998. So I've been here a long time now. Um, Mick is a unique guy. Uh, he is jovial and hilarious and he um he has like a, a legendary um kind of anger about him when when he gets angry and then five minutes later you're best buddies again um and so he was kind of old school that way but i learned a ton from that guy he's the most um the most politically astute person i've ever met uh i think probably because i never actually knew john engler um but he could walk into a room and know every single person in that in that room, know their knew their their kids, what their kids were doing, you know, their aunts and uncles and all these people. And um, I've never seen anyone like that before. It's a real. It's just it was just a gift that he had uh, for knowing people and knowing their background, and people just gravitated to that. But in any case, he he was from Pawpaw, right? Pawpaw, Michigan. Yep. Uh, he had Van Buren and part of Cass County, and. Um, but he was hysterical to work for. This guy was a riot. And so when you made a mistake in the office, I did his calendar and I answered the phone. Um, and uh, when you made a mistake in the office, he would send you to the hole. He would get angry and, and, and yell and scream a little bit. And then he'd get your ass to the hole. <laughs> and uh, and the, the hole, uh, quote, quote, unquote, was um, our storage room in the in the sub basement of the Capitol. So um, which is where the in, isn't that where the interns worked or is that just no, oh. no, that was just like so you would walk in this door and there were cages basically right. that were locked. And we all had storage areas in there for booklets and office supplies and stuff like that. And you'd have to go sticker the books, right? <laughs> uh, sticker the booklets or whatever. Put put st- people who have been around a long time know what stickering the booklets means. Um, you take little stickers that have McMitt on them and you put them on the booklets. And so he would, you know, you'd do that and and you'd you know he'd do a half a box or something, wander up whenever you thought it was safe, <laughs> and uh, and and then he'd you know he'd, everything was good. But um, yeah, you know, we did that. We had an intern once um, where uh, we sent uh, we sent the intern to find the bill stretcher, and the bill stretcher we told the intern was how you did amendments to the bill, and it would stretch the bill and you could put an amendment in there. <laughs> and so we we sent this intern around to various offices, and we would call ahead and be like, you know. Uh, send them to so-and-so's office when you're done. And, oh, you know, I gave the bill stretcher to a representative so-and-so. You might try up there. Oh, okay. <laughs> they'd go up there, and then they'd call ahead and say, you know, send them here. And it was the game we played. And um, 
and that was fun, you know, in a in a not 2021 kind of kind of way. Uh, probably not appropriate to do that ten turns now. However, uh, back in the 90s, I guess it was okay to do that. Um, I, I was just uh, I was just the person who answered the. Phones. How often were people sent to the hole, and what what was like the threshold for a mistake that warranted just whatever? I mean, whenever, anything. When, yeah, I mean, it could happen anytime, okay. anytime, anytime. <laughs> Um, it, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, it was more interns that would, that would mess up and, and get sent down. The weaker kids. The weaker kids, Um, but, uh, you know, but I messed up the calendar a fair amount of times. So. <laughs> Matt will tell you I'm not the most organized human being in the world and maybe someone's calendar isn't I'm not sure that something I ought to be doing. judge of talent if that's the job that he's <laughs> to hire you to do. <laughs> but. What, what are the odds someone's still in the hole? Did you ever lose anybody? They all came back eventually? Everybody came back. Okay. Yeah. I remember Representative Midoff firing someone several times. <laughs> and that person saying, I'm not I'm not fired. I'm coming in tomorrow. And then he would come in and everything was fine. <laughs> you know? Like it was just he 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 was so blustery and at the same time He sounds like a peach. Didn't didn't mean didn't mean any of it. Okay. You know? Um and he was he was just great to work. But to give you an example of kind of the difference between then and now, um, you know, he would he would come back from session and he would say all the things that he and Tom Alley, who was his Democrat um, uh, colleague, vice chair or chair of um, Natural Resources Committee, which they both sat on. Uh, and depending on the term, one was chair and one was vice chair. It's just how it went. And they had known each other forever, and they sat next to each other on the floor. And he would come back to the office and say, "Oh yeah, me and me and Tommy, we're going to do this today in committee, and I'm going to say this, and he's going to say that." And we, and they would have it all out. I mean, they would they would know exactly how it was going to go. None of it was on paper. Not I mean nothing. And and they would they would do these things, and it would come out exactly like they said it came out. Um, and now, you know, you walk into committee, you have no idea what the heck's going to happen, right? I mean, anything can happen in committee now. Um, whether that's good or bad, I guess, I don't know. But uh, but it's certainly different than it was. <laughs> and um, not coordinated. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, I, and I wish I had gotten to spend more time with Representative Middaw because um, just what I was I, – I didn't know enough at the time to even know what I didn't know or what I should be paying attention to. Um and I wish if I had another year with him, I could have picked up a lot more about the nuances of the job and, and, and relationships and that kind of thing, um, which he was amazing at. And despite the funny stories, uh, he, was, he was an incredibly effective legislator and, um, and part of, a, I think, a generation of legislators that, that really... Um, you know, we're, the, we're, we're able to get things done in a way just because they had known each other forever and they knew how to, how to, how to work subjects through the process. Uncle Mick. Does anybody still use the dungeon? Like you're, you're over there. <laughs> it's not a dungeon. It's well, a dungeon. The offices aren't they, there. They send dungeon. you into a basement where there are cages. That's a dungeon. Not a dungeon. Okay. Not a dungeon. Well, so, it's different too because back uh, back then, I vaguely remember there were. It was before the house office building was built, mm -hmm. and so there were house members in that basement where it's kind of where it was. Isn't it where kind of the tour area is now? Or the, no, it's uh, yeah. So that's the main level. Yeah. 
um, and the ground floor. And so there were offices in the ground floor. There still, still are. And um, we were on the ground floor uh, at the back door, basically. But the sub-basement was down, you go north and down the stairs. And then there's a lower level down there. And on one side, it was storage. And on the other side, it was the bill document room where you would go to get bills, um, paper copies of bills. And to borrow the bill spreader. Amendments. And that's where we kept the bill spreader. Yeah. Yeah. So did you know at the time that you thought you would want to be a lobbyist? Yeah. I think, um, you know, policy has always been an interest of mine. Uh, It's a thing that I always thought would be... Um, interesting, exciting to work on, and 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 good work, right? I mean, uh, if you're able to work on good policy, then you've done something lasting and decent, uh, right? Uh, for future people who who live in our state. Um, also, uh, working in the legislature, uh, you know, there was a time when you could make a career of that. Um, I was uncomfortable with with the with the thought of relying on someone else uh to pay my mortgage right (laughs) um and and so the idea that that my boss could get beat uh or decide not to run or what have you and i would be out of a job and looking um just made me nervous i'm i'm pretty uh i'm fairly conservative that way um and i and and as i went up in the kind of the ranks of staff um I didn't like being responsible for someone else as a staffer, right? So if I screwed up bad and they got beat or something terrible happened, um, that would be on my, that'd be on me, and I would be responsible for that person, you know, having having an issue or even losing an elect, whatever. Um, and uh, and I didn't like that part of it either. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to rely on or be responsible for another person. And so um, the thought was, you know, or is, if you can get into um, lobbying, then... um, There's no responsibility or accountability at all. Right. (laughs) That's exactly where I was going. Exactly where I was going. One, it's more stable. Uh, I forgot how much we... How how good we were at this, Matt. Um, uh, it's more stable, and two, um, the it's it's about the policy. It's not about the personality that you're working with or for, right? Uh, and so um, that that always intrigued me. I thought that was a safer way to live, uh, to be, and still be part of the policy making process. So, so you've, you've lobbied for the counties, mm-hmm. association of counties, and now you're with um, Capital Services, a multi-client firm. What's the difference? Do you, do you like one over the other? Was it the um, difference actually, between doing a kind of a single issue association lobbying versus a multi-client? Yeah. So actually, um, coming from the counties, it's really quite similar. Um, I, I don't think it's that way for most association lobbyists. Um, most association lobbyists, you're working on a single issue or um, a single committee, right? You might focus on tax committee if you're a business association lobbyist or what have you, right? Um, coming from counties, they literally were into everything, right? I mean, the, the counties were into public safety. They were into economic development. They were into tax issues. They were into um, human services, uh, corrections, all the things. And so um, 
transportation for from so from that standpoint uh, it really was really good training for multi-client work because uh, we were constantly switching gears to different subjects all the time all the time all the time and um, and there wasn't ever enough lobbyists at Mac there's you know uh, they could they could use five I mean they mm -hmm. just could and there's there's enough issues for all of that and so um, you know, we were kind of running like, like multi clients run all the time. Uh, and so that was, you know, um, I think it was a good training ground for that. Um, and, and I enjoyed it there. Uh, it was a really great place to work. It was good work. Um, represented good people, county commissioners, I think are there trying to do the right thing, uh, for the most people. And, um, and I enjoyed it a lot, but now I'm, now I'm here. Now here's the, You've reached the, the, the pinnacle, really. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew you'd I've finally it. gotten to the place where if someone wants to fire me, they got to pay me to get out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What do you, what do you make of today's current capital climate compared to the other times you've been around? I mean, uh, it, it is less collegial. Um, I think, I think the lobby core for the most part, uh, still is, it has enough experience to it. It's weird to say that, like I'm the most experienced person around. Um, I, I say that in jest, I'm not, uh, but it's, it's strange to start being long in the tooth, right. And in, in a position because, um, the, all of a sudden you're the person people look to for information. That's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre to me that I'm old. Um, so in any case, back to the topic, um, I, I think that the lobby core in large measure is still the way it was, right? And that um, people see it as uh, a job and they're not personally invested a lot of the times. Um, and the reason it's important to stay unpersonally invested if you can is because you have to make the right decisions and give your clients the right information. That's, you know, this is the lay of the land. This is my suggestion. Make a decision. I carry the bucket, right? Um, and it's hard to do that if you're personally invested in a thing. Uh, there are some things that require that, obviously, um, social issues and that kind of thing. They're you know uh, more personal. Um, but I think that uh, the lobby corps, in large measure, is able to you know fight like cats and dogs, and then after work. Um, you know, be social about it, right? And not and not carry grudges and that kind of thing. Um, I think that's less so anymore with um, the legislature and to an, to an extent staff, just because staff is not is not here as long as it used to be. Um, uh, I think the average I heard the average for a front desk person in the house is like eight months or some crazy thing, um, and and that's just not long enough to kind of figure out how things work well there was always that saying that if you were looking for a job just wait about five six months after an election and a bunch of people are going to get fired yep or quit because they were bad fits and yep. these spots will open mm -hmm. like, okay. never june, come back from june and hole. december <laughs> they never come back from the hole <laughs> june and june and december is is when you usually have jobs open up in the in, especially in the house um but i i think you know, if we can get back to a place where um, 
the legislature is a little more collegial about how they do things that would help. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks that Congress is, is, is where we should be heading uh, as far as kind of the brokenness of relationships and partisanship there. Um, I think we have been heading that direction, although not nearly that, 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 that awful. Um, I th but I think we are, we have been heading that way for the past several cycles. Um, it's nobody's fault. It's just, it just is what it is. And part of it is the fact that, you know, Michigan is just so evenly split, uh, that, that I think, uh, the fighting intensifies when, when you've got majorities at stake and that kind of thing. Well, maybe the answer is a blast from the nineties and they can start scripting their arguments and like forge that relationship <laughs> like uh like those, those former committee folks and then they'll they'll bond over that process that's, and still in public look like they're those at each stories did not go as i had seen them going i guess i, yeah. I didn't mean them to sound like they were terrible stories though. i think that's a good story i think we could use more of that <laughs> and and if anyone's listening and they need help scripting a fight i know a good pr firm <laughs> have you found you never lobbied obviously before term limits but has the <clears throat> How have you found dealing with members as term limits has evolved? Has it gotten harder, easier? Is it, it just a case by case? Um, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's either harder or easier. I mean, I don't I don't know what it was like before term limits, so I can't I can't tell you what that what that was like. I can tell you that it is it is really really difficult um, to get to know people in a in a real way um, it, it, while they're here. And, and it's simply because of the turnover, right? Um, I mean, this, this business is about relationships and it's about trust. I mean, I can't go in and I can't go into someone's house and dump dirt on their floor and show you that my vacuum works better than their vacuum, right? Um, I'm not selling a product, I'm selling trust, right? I'm selling um, the, the fact that, that when you come to me, you're going to get someone who understands the lay of the land, can give you good, honest advice about it, and can help you get your message out, right? And that is all built on relationships and trust. And if you don't have that, you're not getting anywhere. The problem is you have to build that, and it takes time. And there is no substitute uh, for time. And the problem with term limits is we don't have a lot of time. Uh, and that is just really difficult. And I think, and I think it's even harder um, for legislators because they're not based in Lansing, right? They're living out of town somewhere, wherever they're from, and they're coming here, and they have to get to, they have to meet everyone, um, you guys, us guys, right? Uh, their colleagues, etc. And they, and they're coming into this thing they've never seen before. And it's like moving to a high school, right? Basically, I mean, this, it's like a giant high school um, with all of the good and bad connotations that that brings. <laughs> we, we've heard stories obviously. there, too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they have to form all these relationships. And from their perspective, I feel like if I were in their shoes, I would be really skeptical about why do you want to know me, right? Uh, and that kind of thing. And so... You know, it's really difficult to have um, good and honest relationships. 
and it's just like any relationship you ever had, right? You, any friendship you've ever built takes time, requires trust, um, and 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 if you don't have those things, you're not gonna be good at this. It's just not. It's just not a thing that's gonna be. I mean, you can. You just can't do it without that. I mean, I'm guessing you probably look back to your your high school basketball career for inspiration on on doing these things like ex- excelling. At, at my my only high school basketball <laughs> career was beating Matt in my driveway at one on one like it was my job. Once, 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 once. Okay. He couldn't he couldn't stop me. I was too, <laughs> I was too fast for him. He was too heavy. He would just run into me and like knock me over. <laughs> it was more like football basketball. He couldn't. He couldn't. You couldn't get the dipsy do. I had a little dipsy do. <laughs> little dipsy do happening there. It was the only shot you had. That stupid left hand. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Those are the days. So since we've transitioned and we're we're talking about personal things now, I've um, our listeners can't see it, but you're wearing a hail to the little victors yeah. shirt. Mm-hmm. You've got a little bit of an experience at at Mott's Children's Hospital. Yes, uh, I do. We have uh, we've got three kids, a uh, seventeen year old who's about to graduate, and I uh, takes after her mother. Thank heavens, um, she is bright and smart and decent and good and better than me in every single way. She probably still beat Matt at basketball. She's going to do amazing <laughs> things. Um, she has done amazing things, and uh, she's a wonderful kid. Uh, we have a middle child uh, whose name is Sam, and he is a freshman. Uh, and he is um, maybe the smartest kid I know uh, and knows it and uh, <laughs> and is going to be the one we get calls about. Right? <laughs> um, but he is fun at parties and he's hilarious. And uh, we have a, a, our youngest name is Peter and um, aptly named uh, Peter means the rock. If you don't know that, um, we didn't think of it at the time, but um, uh, actually now a client, Jennifer Greenberg, said that. Uh, after he was born, isn't he appropriately named the rock? Um, and I, and I not really made the connection until then. Um, but he was born with a congenital heart disease, uh, called pulmonary atresia. And that required him to have open heart surgery at seven days old at Mott. Uh, we were in three different hospitals. Uh, uh, he was born at, um, then called Ingham. Uh, regional and uh, went to Sparrow, which had the NICU, and um, was diagnosed at about five in the morning um, by a wonderful Mott doctor uh, who has uh, a pediatric practice for heart uh, patients here in town. And they got her out of bed to come in and and see what was wrong with him because they couldn't figure it out. And she diagnosed him in like 10 seconds. Um, and, uh, uh, and turned to us and said, you know, the thing that you need to know is that this is fixable, but I need an hour to talk to, to get pictures down to the team down at Mott and he's going to need to go to Mott and he's going to require surgery. Uh, but give me one hour and then I'll answer any question that you want. And we had our pastor in there to do emergency baptism, which is a thing you never want to do as a parent. I mean, it's just not a... That is a really unexciting experience. Uh, that is not it's just that is no fun. Um, it's terrifying. And and so one hour later, we were sitting in a room with her, 
her name is Dr. Goebel, and she's fantastic, by the way. Um, she said she answered all of our questions. I said, when are we going to Mott? And she said, probably around noon. And at about 12.05, we were walking out the door. Like, it, she said it, and it happened. It was amazing. And we got there um, and didn't know, had no idea that um, congenital heart disease happened. Uh, had no idea babies had surgeries. <laughs> and Mott had this whole unit um, dedicated specifically to PEDS cardiothoracic. And it was called the PCTU, the PEDS cardiothoracic unit. And um, it was, uh, you know, about 30 kids um, in these rooms. And they were mostly babies, uh, but some as old as, you know, four, five, six, a couple of older kids, but not much. Um, and everyone there was fighting for their life. And, uh, and, and um, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing place. It's really an amazing place. And I can tell you... Um, we we had no idea whether we were going to walk out of there with him or not and it was uh, a terrifying three weeks that we were there we stayed at ronald mcdonald house uh, if you have an opportunity to donate to ronald mcdonald house please do um we uh we, we ended up coming out of there he 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 we did almost lose him once after surgery um and that was uh the worst moment of my life uh, I can tell you that and um, but we didn't uh, they saved him and and uh, all of these are good side stories too by the way but um, but the long and short of it is he is he's doing great uh, he's the poster child for how well this can go he has no restrictions um, he could play sports if he wants to he hates sports uh, <laughs> he hates running um, and it's the one child you've got that Matt, <laughs> that Matt could beat at basketball, right? right. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think he probably is, you know, uh, he probably would have been the best athlete of the three. He just has no interest in it. Hmm. Um, uh, it just, just doesn't, uh, but he's, he's a great kid. Um, it's funny with these kids because, uh, to a person, uh, who I've talked to about things like this and, and it happens one in every 110 births. So it's not an uncommon thing. It's actually the most common birth defect. Um, not his specific, but congenital heart disease as a whole. Uh, he, uh, he's, he, he has this sense about him that he's just happy to be here, you know? Um, and, the, and these kids do, and I don't know why. There's no reason for it. Maybe I'm looking for it, right? I don't know, but whatever it may be because he's the third kid and he gets dragged around everywhere. Right. Oh, just, he's just happy wherever he is. Like he just wants to come along, you know, um, Emily's going to the store. Can I go? I guess we're going to the store. Right? <laughs> right. That's not exciting. Um, and, and he's just happy to be in whatever room he's in doing whatever you're doing. Um, he is just, he's, he has, uh, he's a sweet kid, you know, um, he he wants to help in any way that he can. He um, he's super gullible. His brother takes advantage <laughs> of his gullibleness and his kindness, which is not good. But um, you know, part of that is how we learn, right? Um, Matt did that to me too. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, still, still and do. and and we came out of there on November one of two thousand eight. After going in on October nine, he was born October eight. 
and uh, and and everything is good. Uh, it was a rough winter. That winter, we we stayed inside. It was kind of like practice for the for the epidemic, right? <laughs> um, we didn't go anywhere because he couldn't get sick, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you know we just didn't go anywhere and we were tube feeding him and we had to put the thing in his nose and all that all that stuff but but and he had six or seven medications and you know but he's lost all those no medication no none of that um and he's great and there are uh you know there are dozens of miracles that occurred um during that time uh dozens i mean we he was our third kid. We sent him to the we sent him to the uh, nursery, right, so that we could sleep. He was born at like eight o'clock at night, first hospital, right. And we sent him to the nursery because we're like, we've done this twice. We're not going to sleep for I don't know two years, so <laughs> let's get some sleep. And we sent him to the nursery for the evening, and they woke us up at midnight saying that he had been in an oxygen tent, and that he was blue, and they couldn't figure it out, and they were going to send him to the NICU at Sparrow at a different place. And, um, you know, had we not sent him to the nursery, he would have just died in his, he would have been a SIDS kid. You know, he would have died in his sleep. Um, he wouldn't have made it. He just would have passed out and died. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's a miracle. You know, the fact that we live an hour from, um, Mott is a miracle. You know, the fact that we had, grandparents that could come up and help us as a miracle you know um just so much uh occurred um it's it's a it, it's it's a fantastic story of gratitude if you've got time to listen to it at some point but uh there are lots of different stories that come off of that see i think joe needs to hang out with you a little bit more because i was challenging joe yesterday to, to have like a day where you only found the positive side of things and you only <laughs> said good things nothing was stupid nothing was this or that and Ben just told this horrible, you know, story fraught with death and peril. And the conclusion is everything was miraculous. It was wonderful. What a great kid. What do you want Ta- from me? Take a lesson. <laughs> I want you to observe and take a well, lesson. Well, it is, you know, it is Thanksgiving week. It is, it is right. Thanksgiving week. Story of gratitude. That's right. <laughs> and you should, right. I would notice that Joe really hasn't said anything. So maybe he took your advice. And said, maybe. I will, I will spend a day <laughs> and not say anything negative. And we, you know, and we had... Um, People from around the Capitol, you know, um, and, and I know we've seen this in the last week or so with Kelly mm-hmm. uh, passing away, but um, the Capitol, the Capitol family, I'll call it, right? People who work in and around this place um, really come together in times uh, of strife and, and, and difficulty. And I can tell you, um, we had... People were bringing us food. I mean, this and this is really before, you know, like this is before Facebook and before all the things. Right. And um, people just they found out and they would tech. They would text me or call me and say, you know, I've got 16 people that want to bring you food. What do you want to you know, what do you want to do? Whatever. Right. And um, people would volunteer to come stay with our other kids. You know, we had two small kids at home at that time. and and it was and it was wonderful. I mean that that kind of um, support is helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just and it, and it's and it's you know makes you grateful for it. Um, there aren't a lot of places that are like that. Uh, and this is as much as we fight. This is a place where people will come together when people need it. And I 
think that's uh, it's unique and, and a good thing. So we can be grateful for that too. Well said. Yep. I had I had one person. Um, I went to pay our bill at the Ronald McDonald House. Right, ten bucks a day. It's ten bucks a day. We were there. You know, my my bill should have been like two hundred bucks, two hundred and twenty five bucks, something like that, or two hundred and fifty bucks. I can't do math. Math history major. <laughs> math and um and it was paid someone had paid it um and it was a person that we all know uh and uh and she um did it uh i found out years later because it slipped and uh and she had no intention of me ever finding that out uh and you know it's really nice it's really nice my boss at the time um Tim McGuire from Mac. Uh, I called him that the day we got to Mott. And I said, Tim, I, d- I don't know how long I'll be gone. I don't know how much time I have saved. I don't know any of this stuff. And he said, Ben, hang up the phone and go take care of your kids. You know, I just, um, it, it, it didn't matter. He's like, none of this matters. Go take care of your family. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And, um, you know, that's that's what you're looking for. You know, that's what you're looking for. So those were all good things. Well, here I had the idea to have you on here and, like, to make fun of you about high school and college and everything Sorry, else. I screwed and up. You were going to ask. Go ahead and try it now, pal. Tell stories about me. It's going to be old, big old thing. And now you just went and did that. It was going to so. be old home week, wasn't Whatever, it? Whatever, Ben. <laughs> There's still plenty of time to tell stories about Matt Resch. Yeah, well, podcast part two then. <laughs> ben, it's, thanks for coming by. It's on this very busy, busy Thanksgiving week. I'm sure you are got tons going on. Absolutely. <laughs> As we all do. But it's been fun and always good to see you. So yeah. we'll be right back. I'm not sure that's how I thought I saw that going. Yeah, I kind of ruined that. I ruined everything. College. Yeah, it's just two weeks in a row. First the Browns, and then we get into this. Make a podcast (laughs) guest cry (laughs) on Thanksgiving of all time. And I made Nikki cry the week before that. So, Really? When did you make Nikki cry? By talking about football on a podcast. Oh, right, 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 right. Dragging us down. We were all kind of crying on the inside during that conversation. (laughs) 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 But... But, well, I I, but I was compelled because he was wearing the shirt, right? And and you know my niece has spent some time at Mott's, and so I've always felt. Um, did you know that story? Yes. Okay. You so did? you knew what was going to happen. Yes. Well, I didn't know that he was going to get choked up like verklempt, but I I knew that I knew the story. That's why I asked. I wouldn't just at blindly ask. Hey, you're wearing a T-shirt. Tell me about that T-shirt. And you thought that? Where'd was, you buy that sweater, Joe? You thought that was a a good move. <laughs> It, it's a compelling story. It's a great story. It's a great story, but I do feel like we need to have him back for something maybe more fun and uplifting <laughs> and like jovial. It's I mean, a, I'm, I'm, I liked it too. It was completely touching, but like, I yeah. think it's an uplifting story. It's a story where, where heroes surrounded the family and, and the outcome was positive. Everything's good. His kid's healthy. It was like one of those game day stories. Um, do you watch College yes, Game Day? Yes. Yeah. Those are 
horrible to watch and listen to. They're, they're, I, I like leave every the time, room every time. But I they, it, but they win they're sports always, Emmys. Yeah, they're great stories, yeah. but like, I don't need to cry at <laughs> 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Sorry, loyal listeners. I, I promised before we started this one that I would shut up, and I didn't. And, <laughs> and I, next time I will. I, I won't ask Josh's frogs any questions. No, you're. With you're, that said, I'm glad I know that story. That okay. was. It was better than nice. my yeah, I mean, stupid was, lobbying questions. It was a nice story, but <laughs> I would have cried had I started asking questions about it. So, But no one's going to hear it because we already lost all the listeners after Matt talked about the biology class. That's not and true. The, that's what, that's, that's what <laughs> got gr- people hooked. The extra credit. I, I don't know. I feel like anyone who was listening at that point just dropped off. I, I think you're wrong. I think I think people heard that and they said, this is content I'm here for. And I agree with him. <laughs> and I agree with Matt. <laughs> I think he's right. I don't know. <laughs> it's the kind of the kind of planning that goes into winning a grade a contest like that. We'll see. <laughs> Did you have like an say. A minus too? I mean, you went to Hillsdale. You had good grades, I'm sure. Were you one of those I was whiny never, kids no. who had like, "Can I turn my A minus into an A, please?" <laughs> ben, Ben, and I were. I did not like biology at all, um, and I was not. I've never been. I was good at physics, but I'm not good at biology, and so I, I don't think so. I think he and Ben was. Ben got to be a better student, as I think he would admit this. The older he got, he turned into a better student. And now he is a bazillion times smarter than me because he's like read more books this week than I've read in the last 10 years. Um, but he is, um, we probably were like a B, B plus. We were okay. probably fighting it out for a B plus is my guess. <clears throat> but Well, let's have him back to talk about all the books he reads then too, because that's interesting. Well, so. he, la- he laid on like all kinds of books. Like, he like rattled off like five Faulkner books in my office before we started. I'm like, Psh, I don't even know the title of a Faulkner book. <laughs> this is not a highbrow podcast. I don't think that that's the kind of material we need. Yeah. No, but I remember. I was. I mean, there there are those things that you re- places you remember. I was. I remember exactly where I was when he called me that m- the morning Peter was born. And that they were going to Mott, and I was at working at Sterling. And I was standing in that awful building that they called a home, and I think I was in the conference room because I had to get, get out of a meeting to because I knew I knew P- Peter. They were expecting Peter, and so I figured he was calling me to tell me great news. He's here, and he was crying. I picked up the phone and he was sobbing on the other end of the line. And we're heading to we're heading to Mott. So, yeah, but a good story. Right? A good story of gratitude for Thanksgiving. That's right. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Family. Getting nasal swabs every day. <laughs> oh, no. So I can eat turkey with my family. <laughs> is that a you thing or is that a them thing? Um, not to attempt to make you cry again, but I have a very small niece who has type 1 diabetes. So she can't get sick. She can't get COVID. She can't get any kind of sickness or she will be in the hospital. So we're just extra, extra, extra careful. Um. My mom canceled Thanksgiving and Christmas last year because of this, and that was the first time in my life I've ever not been at my parents' for those holidays, so I'm just grateful we're doing it this year. Got my brain swabbed yesterday. I'll do it again tomorrow. Are these like the rapid tests, or the are you going someplace? Uh, I went to, I got a PCR yesterday at the pharmacy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we got our rapid test in the mail yesterday. I had to do it for Carter the other day so that we could go to Grand Rapids because he had a close contact at school, and he did not like it at all. It was the, the home test. No, we or went to pe- Meyer to the pharmacy, yeah. um, and they send it like through the chute, and you know, which the boys had never seen before—one of those magnetic chutes yeah. where they suck the box up. Um, 
but yeah, he didn't he didn't like the idea of me sticking that thing up his nose. I still haven't had one. You've never had a COVID no. swab? Really? No. Are you serious? No. Or, oh. Yes, I am serious. Well, I'm, good for you. I, I'm, I'm likely not getting one anytime <laughs> soon. I don't, I've passed. Good for you. If I'm I, sick, yeah. I'll stay home, and then that's how that'll yeah, be that dealt with. Wow. I think I've had 10 or 11. Really? No, I don't care. Yeah. Oh I've goodness. only done, I've only had it once. My family's very, very strict about it. Mm-hmm. I've so. had three of them. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny to me that people will get that over the vaccine because. The vaccine is so much better <laughs> in comparison than having that thing stuck up into your brain. Yeah. So easy. Well, Cooper got his shot last week and came running into the uh, the house after having gotten it and declared himself 2% vaccinated. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, it happened like 15 minutes ago, so it's like two. Per- it's got to be like 2% by now. I'm like a 2%. He's charging. He's ready. It's like it's yeah. It's, it's like a. He's <laughs> like an iPhone. It's like gonna watch the thing go up over the next two weeks or three weeks. So, he's all squared away. But yes, Thanksgiving <laughs> in 2021. Yeah. What's your test? <laughs> so, good times. Anyway, it was good to have Ben back. I haven't. It's funny for someone who I've spent so much time with over my life. We went, were high school buddies. Went to college together. We're roommates for four years in college. Best men in each other's weddings, and then ended up here in Lansing, of all places, together. You just I keep see, running I, into people, and from I almost Fort never Wayne. see them. That's super depressing, by the way. What? <laughs> to like, oh, I'm an adult now, and I just can't have friendships, and instead I go to soccer games in St. Louis. Like, it's just well, he's still my friend. That you don't see. But that's the thing about friends like this. I mean, I don't have to see him very often, and it's just like we're always. Well, I buddies. get that. That's nice, but like, wouldn't it be nicer to see him? Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll text about TV shows. That's that's what friends do. No, it's always good to see Ben. Anyway, Ben Bodkin was our guest uh, on this episode of the thank this Thanksgiving episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Um, uh, we missed our good our good friends Carly and Nikki and Laura and Stephanie. They're all off, probably st- sticking things up their nose to get ready for Thanksgiving, but not with us. So I was talking to Nikki, and she said. Have fun broing out with your bros, and I was like, "What?" What? And like she's you? like, "Oh, all you all you want to talk about is sports anyway on the podcast." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and she said, "I thought I was getting a, a friend and an ally, and instead you just join in with them and talk about sports." <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, you got to be in the room to have the conversation. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, this has been fun. I mean, with a, just this week, they're all none of them are here. It's just you and Anna and Nick and me and Joe. It's like, yeah, this is the crew. <laughs> <clears throat> we talked about Formula One racing. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. That, that one went over my head. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> she yeah. just would have been so mad the whole oh, she, the whole two days. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been furious. <laughs> she would have been anyway. <laughs> Well, for those who are here, for Nick, Anna, Joe, this is Matt, and you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs>